the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And now, back to Lifeline. Yes, we are. The time, 607. John MacArthur. John MacArthur, pastor, senior pastor of Grace Community Church, Van Nuys, California. John MacArthur. About one of the only ones that's actually saying the right things 99% of the time. Has the highest degree of respect for me simply because he doesn't disappear when times get hard. Almost every other radio preacher I hear disappear when times get hard. Or they, and what I mean by disappear is they don't touch the subject. I mean, if we want to start with this train of apostasy and depravity and reprobation, we could go back many years. The moral corruption of our society in the 60s. John talked about it. As he says, Romans 1 lays out the blueprint for God giving a nation over. First, they are idolaters. They changed the glory of the true and the living God and make it like unto four-footed beasts, creeping things, birds of the air, and ultimately mankind. This is your homo deus and homo novus that we're headed to, the deification of man through transhumanism. So the immorality of idolatry and then ultimately the sexual revolution, which we have been immersed in all my life, all my life, we have been a bunch of fornicators and whoremongers. And half my life, no, probably three quarters of it has become the emergence of the twisted homosexuality culture. So it's a deviation now that has descended deeply into where we are today. I remember sharing this, and there may be a few older people out there who have been with me now for some 10, 12, 15 years. I've been warning you on this program that there's no such thing as a, as a, a stop gate or a governor on the descent of uh, uh, moral corruption at the level of sexual perversion. The notion that homosexuality would not lead to what is practically uh, polygamous behavior, we would call it, call it po- polymorous relationships, polyamorous relationships, that's all over the place right now. That boy that just helped lose hundreds of billions of dollars, Sam Freed, was living with 10 people having all kind of polymorous sex in the Bahamas. And nobody even talked about the gross corruption of that behavior. How can you expect somebody to protect your money when he is having all kind of liaisons with nine other friends and every kind of beastly practice you can imagine right down the street from Jeffrey Epstein? This is called Beast One. This is your culture. And now we are entertaining the absolute annihilation of our children and we're starting to go ho-hum. We're supposed to hear about this in every church you go to. 
There's no way you're supposed to go into God's house and not have Jesus overturning the money changers and whipping the leaders and telling them that they have turned God's house into a house of thieves and robbers. They have robbed God of his glory and they have robbed the saints of a hope for glory, as Ezekiel put it. They make the hearts of the righteous sad when they say to the wicked, you're free to go. And they say to the righteous, you're guilty of sin. Jeremiah, Ezekiel chapter 13 and 14. So the righteous are moaning and the righteous are burdened and the righteous are wearing the sackcloth of the two witnesses of Revelation 11. We're not rejoicing at the evil that's going on in our world. And you're not hearing it hardly anywhere. No, no more preachers bemoaning the wickedness and tearing their garments and saying enough with this evil and first in the house of God, because it's all up in your churches, all up in your wicked churches. Except John MacArthur. It's just so I'm so proud of him. For holding the line at his age, too, because he can be compromised. He's a human being. Any of us could fall. He could have been. It takes grace to toe the line. It takes grace to toe the line and to preach in season and out of season. And we're out of season, ladies and gentlemen. This is not the time for a bunch of conversions and people laying their life down for Christ. Most of the stuff you're seeing in all of this neo-evangelical movement is phony. They're not true conversions because the true gospel is not preached once. Repentance is not preached. Explaining what sin is is not preached. Exalting the person and work of Christ explicitly as a warning to the wicked is not preached. They have curtailed the gospel down to something that is really not the gospel. They're making it that God needs you instead of you needing God. Almost all of your big wig preachers have compromised the gospel. I'm not going to name them because you already know them. I've talked about them for years. I'm, I'm done with that in that regard. It means nothing because the thing is, is if you, if you don't have the spirit of prophecy, you don't love people. If you don't have the spirit of prophecy. And so that's where we are today. Thank thank God for John MacArthur. I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm so busy, but every now and then I tap into John. And, and 10 minutes in, he's getting at it again. This corrupt society with our evil, wicked rulers and the vile perversions that are going on against our children. See, and so what the prophet does is the prophet absorbs the conditions of society and runs them through the filter of God's perspective. And the prophet speaks on the behalf of God to the people. When we're operating priestly, we're speaking on the behalf of the people to God. Those are the two roles. This is how you know you have the Holy Spirit. If you're warning men and if you're praying for men, then you have the Holy Spirit. Otherwise, you don't. You just play in church. So when the love of God is poured into your heart, you have a burden. When the love of God is poured into your heart, you have a burden. And that's how the light shines. When you have a burden for God's glory, that's how it shines. And you don't care about being persecuted. Ask Stephen. 
You don't act, you don't care about being persecuted. Ask Paul. I'm ready to lay down my life for Christ's sake. To die is to gain. To live is Christ. You don't have a problem with persecution. Ask the first century church. Ask the martyrs. Ask our brothers and sisters that's trying to kick the gates of hell open over in China right now. The church is dead in, a, in America and in Europe, largely speaking. And the elect are asleep. Rip Van Winkle has taken hold of the elect, wherever you are. And you know you sleep because you don't gravitate to this kind of preaching anymore. You run from it because you're worried about suffering in the flesh. Listen to what the devil said to God about Job. He was wrong, as the devil is always wrong about God's true service. Touch his flesh and he'll curse you to your face. That's exactly what happened with COVID. So many people had their flesh touched and abandon God and start bowing down to the government, whatever they said. It was a big lie, still threatening us with more pandemics. And if we had known our God and known our own immune system and known some of the uh, methods and, and mechanisms and protocols to uh, uh, avoid this lie, we, we would have been able to, to fare through this and deny the proclamation by the Wizard of Oz that we're in some kind of pandemic. We're not. The pandemic is spiritual. It's not practical. All you had to do is go to any state or any society, even in California, where they ignored the governor's rules. And you'll see it was no pandemic. It was just a viral strain running around that didn't have any more ultimate impact than some severe flu seasons. And now we're scared to death. People still scared to death of, of, of getting sick when getting sick is part of building your immune system the way God made it. He, he meant for us to fight, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are back to time 621. Let me make a couple of more observations before we go to Diana and Susie and the rest of you guys on the lines. Jesus said in Matthew chapter seven, broad is the road. That leads to destruction and many there be that go therein. The language he's using about a broad road, ladies and gentlemen, is that as time moves on, as it is now, the road is getting broader and broader. And what that means is that the broad road is so easy to get on that you don't have to do anything to be on it. It's so broad that you are probably already on the broad road and don't even know it. That's how broad it is. It's filled with the whole ecumenical consensus of worldliness and carnality and foolishness, filled with it, with all of the fairs of uh, Pilgrim's Progress and Vanity Fair. That's the broad road, and it's getting broader. It's so broad that it's actually squeezing out the true pilgrims. And what the true pilgrim is discovering is that the narrow way is getting narrower. Narrow is the way that leads to life, and few there be that find it. 
You see, the roads are increasing and decreasing. The narrow way is not broadening. It's not easy to be on the narrow way. Jesus says there are very few people that are going to even find the narrow way, let alone be on it. And then when once you are on it, it's going to try you because the, the narrow way is going to get more and more narrow where there are fewer and fewer people who are understanding the pathway. Ask Pilgrim. Ask the early saints. You and I live in the 21st century of the broadest road of worldly, carnal engagement and journey we have ever been on. It's never been as broad as it is now. Never as easy to get on this road and be on this road as it is now. It's got something for everybody. How do I know I'm on this road? Because you're not on the narrow road. That's how you know. The narrow road makes you a stranger and a pilgrim. The narrow road makes you go through some of the real challenges of being alone. Being tempted. That's the narrow road. That's the road Jesus was on. That's the road that the disciples were on. They experienced the road getting, getting narrower and narrower as they headed towards Jerusalem. They didn't like it. It was so. All of Israel, with the exception of a few. Remember when Jesus first started doing ministry, how popular he was? Tens of thousands were coming out. Three and a half years later, they all were forsaking him. This is what happens to the true prophet who is consistently calling men to God and therefore rebuking, like Jesus said, men love darkness rather than light. This is nothing new. This is where we are. And... Uh, they won't come to the light that they might have life. They love the false light of the broad road. I'm going to be talking about that in the new year. <clears throat> My first New Year's sermon, Lord willing, and I'll live to see it, is called Move. Move, which is what God has called us all to do. Different spheres of our life. Get up. Arise. Get up. Get out of that funky place that you're in that bad place, that evil place, that wicked place that you're in. And only the Holy Ghost can actually give you that mandate and then empower you to do it. Otherwise, you're trapped on the broad road. Remember how Pilgrim saw so many stragglers on the side of the road, dead and wounded and, and bound and afflicted. Do you remember that? And he didn't understand what it was, but they were the casualties of false religion. And a pseudo freedom that the government promised that led to their destruction. That's what Jesus meant in Matthew 7. That's where we are today. Saints are lonely all around the world because they're not the majority. That's for uh, for Brother brother James. I was asking about that. But it doesn't take but a, a few good men to cut the lights back on in our society. So that's what's that's what's going on, my, my dear brothers and sisters. Let me see here. Let me go to line number three and talk with Diana in Stockton. Diana, are you there? Yes, hi. Hi. I, uh, it just brings tears to my eyes to hear you, brother. I'm a senior, so it takes me uh, back. And we don't hear much of this. But I just want you to know at our church, we have less than 20 people. And we get all of this uh, on a Sunday, and then uh -huh. back on Tuesday, and then again on Thursday. 
and we rehearse it, and we go back over it, and rehash it, hash it, and ask questions. So it just, it, it, I just want to salute you for what you're doing. It's my, I'm a first time listener. Yeah. I, um, I, I happen to have COVID, and it's unfortunate. This is my second go around. I had it last Christmas, and then I had a pre-existing condition that makes it worse. But what I believe God, because what it causes me to do, having this, it affects my lungs, and it makes me have to take a medication called prednisone. Have you heard of that? Now, let me say something to you, my dear sister. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a senior, too. You are? I'm 62 like years old. You how old? 62. Okay. So let me tell you something. Well, uh-huh. Go ahead. Six, 62 years old. Been married 40 years. Got eight right. children. 15, right. 12 grandchildren. I've got hundreds uh-huh. of children in the fade because I've been preaching right. for 30 years. Um, right. The only thing you're going through, my dear sister, is uh-huh. the same physiological things you have dealt with many times in your life. You can name it COVID uh-huh. if you want to, but I'm going to disavow the nomenclature of that terminology, because many okay. of us have been dealing with uh, respiratory uh, autoimmune deficiencies for decades. Prednisone is right. something I was born and raised with. I've been no, in hospitals you. under oxygen tents as a child suffering pneumonia in danger of death many times. I could talk to you about it. The American people have been suffering autoimmune deficiencies for almost 100 years since vaccinations have been introduced into our society, since you and I were jabbed as little babies with all of these different vaccines up to now. The arguments have already been dealt with and dismantled. I'm simply saying what happened with a lot of us during this COVID thing, we got scared to death. uh, about getting sick when in fact we had normalized sickness you know that seasonally if you had asthma as did i yeah. you were going to get asthma yeah. either during a time of uh of high pollination in the months of uh, april may and june it was miserable for me or you're going to get it during the cold season in november or december when the seasonal viral strains would go around these are called autoimmune deficiencies all of our great good honest and faithful doctors have warned us about buying into the fear of COVID. So here's what I'm going to say. They should have been using the proper um, all uh, multi-purpose drugs that we were using when you and I were children and we would get sick and our lungs would fill up. We could barely breathe. Life was very difficult. Um, am I yes. describing the way it was for you? Yes, you are. Yes. Okay, so listen to me a little longer, my dear sister. I'm glad you're a first-time caller. My job is to help you overcome the lie that they want to drape on you that we were dealing with some absolutely horrendous disease. They made it that way through propaganda. The vast majority right. of smart people across this nation and around the world knew how to deal with it with some of our some of our best homemade remedies. And, and with love and care, we were able to overcome it. And and this, I know, is the case for you. Now, of course, comorbidities can play a role in people getting sick and even dying. But that was the case before COVID, sweetheart. Nothing has changed. Uh The only thing that we're dealing with is a bunch of lies. I'm praying that God would wake us up because largely I see my African-American culture in captivity to this big lie. They're scared to death. 
when they shouldn't be because we have survived so many things as African-Americans across uh, the Atlantic, here in America, in Europe, in all around the world, in, in every colonial structure in the world, we have survived everything. We will survive this too. But what we can't survive is when we buy into a lie. And I'm going to I'm going to I've got all kind of people that are part of our program. We're going to be praying for you, my dear sister, that you are going to recover fully and that you are going to be fine and that you're going to be better than fine, Diana, because this is just a normal respiratory thing that as you and I get older, we got to be smarter about what we eat. We got to be smarter about, you know, uh, our our health and exercise. We got to be smarter about the way we think. You know that because our immune system is impacted by our, our um, psychology. So I want to encourage you not to walk in fear. The Lord did not give us the spirit of fear, but of love and of power. A power, love, and a sound mind. And I, I want you and everybody else listening to me to unshackle themselves from the lies of our government and walk in the freedom wherewith Christ has made you free. Look the devil in his eye and tell him that he is a lie and it is nowhere near as bad as they said it was. And it was just a, a whole lot of uh, what they have punished many of us for telling the truth of misinformation. Now, I can I can really inform you if you want to be informed. I can you can you can take my email address and I can send you medical tyranny, the history of how our government has uh, hoodwinked and harmed African-Americans for decades upon decades, lying to them, using them as experiments. Now, everybody that got two cents. Uh, uh, Diana knows that this is what's been happening to us for the longest and they're still doing it now. Only our beloved mother country, Africa, Diana, they haven't bought it. COVID has nowhere near harmed Africa the way it's harming us. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I know I'm teaching you something. That's because our our, our faithful brothers and sisters in significant portions of Africa basically said we're not going to have Bill Gates. We're not going to have Fauci. They came in here before and jacked us up. They 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 uh, jabbed our women and caused them to have miscarriages because that's what this is all about. Largely the killing off of human beings. And they figured it out. But your major media outlets will not tell you that significant portions of the world that rejected the jab have done just fine. They don't have a a pandemic. This pandemic is a pandemic of lies. And unfortunately, the jab is hurting people. And we know that, too. Yes, yes, definitely. And I I just want to say I'm not going to hold you. I've been sitting in my car keeping warm. I haven't even had lunch yet, but um, I'm not scared. I'm a soldier. Amen. I, I raised five boys. Um, you did it, girls. Yes. Hallelujah. <laughs> in 1988, um, I got married. I boys already. Hey, and Diana. came up blended. Yes. Do me a favor. I got to take a break. Stay right there. I want to talk with you a little more, okay? Okay. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are back. The time 638 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. So glad to be with you talking with Diana and Stockton. Diana, are you there? Yes, I am. Yeah, you were you were sharing with me your testimony. I wanted to make sure that we didn't interrupt that. We still got a few more minutes with you. What was your what was your thoughts or commentary? Just to run down a timeline in, in 88, I got uh, married in the church. And uh, 
I had two children, and my husband had none at the time, and, and he wanted three more. I had three more. They were all boys. Uh, so we ended up with the five, and then yeah. we moved to uh, California. He wanted to start a church. That was his vision. All I wanted to do was to keep him ha- make him happy, keep him happy, and finish my degree that I started in 1984. Okay. <laughs> so uh, we did have to start the church, plant the church, which is even harder, um, and uh, against my better wishes, he wanted to move. He came to California to start a church. It didn't work out. He wanted to move, turn around and move back. Well, against my wishes, he sold the house. He moved back. He said, I'll wait a year. I don't want to get a divorce. There was nothing to get a divorce for. But I would not find it because, as I said to him, we need counseling. Because with my pre-existing condition, I had children. Now we got babies. And uh, we bought we bought a house. Now, why are we selling it two years later? The Lord blessed us. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the kids were homeschooled. I stayed home from work to make sure that the, the that the quality of their education and that there would be no kind of uh, interruption in what we were teaching as far as sure. morals, values, and ethics. So sure. I taught them. At, at the same time, he decided... He wanted to move back. He did move back. I kept the boys. And make a long story short, in 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 in, in 2007, before he he moved back in 2007, I had to ask him could I open a tutoring center because I saw the need where the education was lacking. Because I homeschooled our kids and then at as after the last child, I put them back in school. And I, I'm sorry, my thoughts are not too clear. But I'm kind of dehydrated and all that. But nevertheless, I just want you, I want you to hear the testimony of what the fight. I mean, I know you know what the fight is and the fact that there are still fighters out there. So my, my, my son, uh, one of my sons was killed uh, in, in, in 2015 uh, in a car accident. Mm-hmm. He was uh, killed immediately. Um, one of our older boys, that, was, that one was 27, one of our older boys, which is now in his uh, late 40s, um, decided, I, I, I went to school, I went to school to finish my degree. I have two AAs and an AF degree. So I did it for myself, and, and also I wanted to do it for my son. So they, they would know how important it is to get their education. Not their education makes you, breaks you, but it keeps you on a path that where I feel you know you got to produce something at the end of this, your own business, your something, which is what I'm doing now. Sure. So if I got in school, they all enrolled. So the one son that was in his 40s, and I wanted you to know because I've been turning the corner with you on every scripture and every biblical principle tonight, and he decided... He was bisexual. Sure. Now he's in his 40s. So he's been in holiness and and in the Word. We've been teaching him. I've been homeschooling them all these years. And he decided, well, 
uh, it happened somewhere around 20. He still doesn't want to be transparent because he knows what we teach. So now that has caused a rift in that every time he calls me, it start, the conversation starts out, I just call to check on me, but it ends up this agitated, you know, it's the enemy. He'll, he'll knit and pick at me and pick and pick. And I don't, you know, want to run him away even more by talking about the elephant in the room. But so tell me, Diana, because I got that. I'm going to show yes. you that I got it. When I let you go, I'm going to I'm going to actually speak to all of that. <clears throat> I've been around a long time, been a, been a pastor yes. for a long time. What about the other boys? <clears throat> the, the other boys, they're doing um, well. The younger, the, the last thing I want to tell you is, is their dad passed away in, in 2000, uh, last year, in August. Okay. At 50, 52. Okay. And that caused the youngest one, which is 24, to have suicidal thoughts. So we had that scare right right after we buried him. The next week, he posted on Facebook. He didn't even call me. We do have a relationship. I have a relationship with my other, my other son. He didn't even call me, but he posted on Facebook, life ain't worth living. This world is not my home. You know, and... From there, we were running and jumping. He lives out of state. So since then, and I, he promised me that he will get some help, you know, but it's hard because he lives out of state. I got it. Him. So what's going with, on with the other boy? Because I got to take another break. I would love to hear your story more fully. Do, is the other, you got four boys. Uh, is any of them doing okay? Yeah. The, the only one married. The, he lives in Idaho, uh, um, Oklahoma. The uh, the one that's in his thirties, he's uh, he's doing fine. He's working and, and trying to open a nonprofit. Excellent, excellent. Now here's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going to take another break. I won't be talking to you. I want you to try to take my email address and email me. Okay. Yes. Okay, I'm, right. I'm going to take a break now, but you'll hear me if you can just sit, get a pen and paper, take my email address, that way you can finish your testimony. I want to share with you, and we got lots of people out here who will be praying for you and your boys. That's what we do on this Monday edition of Lifeline. It's a blessing to meet you, Diana. God bless you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. We're going to take a hard break, you guys, and when I come back, I'm just going to do some commentary. We're going to do some ministry. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. We are back. The time is 6.50. I've got about eight minutes. Got some feedback. Let's solve that feedback. I don't particularly like listening to myself, but I know I have to talk. Um, You guys who have been listening to this program for many years, you know that God has been gracious enough to use it. Um, We don't do a broad road ministry here. We're not here to please men um, or cater to applause. I could care less about what men think. I only really do care about what God thinks. And I'm so privileged to be able to be a voice in the wilderness. Here is Diana in Stockton, her first time listening, and you see how God has drawn her in because she has need, and that's the way the Spirit of God works. That's called ministry. The rest of it, I don't know I don't know. I'm not going to even go down that path because I don't have time. But it's not it's not it's not helpful to people that are really in trouble. 
There are several things about Miss Diana that many of us know, and this would not be confined to the African-American community. My Latino community knows this. My Asian community knows this. My Caucasian community knows this because we're dealing with a common a common tyrannical system that has been plaguing us for decades, and it is medical tyranny. America is the sickest nation on the planet. And that's because we have been part of a vaccine regiment for so many decades that we have normalized autoimmune deficiencies and every other kind of physiopathology that you can imagine. Countries where there is not a high rate of vaccine application are not sick like us. Somebody needs to get to the truth. But that's the reason why I intercepted my dear sister when she was talking about prednisone. I know all of them from the beginning, and many of you do too. We're very commonly aware of of, uh, of what we would call respiratory disease. We know that. We know allergenic respiratory disease. We know when it's emotional. We know when it's uh, psychological. We know all that because we've been there. We've been slaves of that stuff for so long. And God has had to lead many of us to the homeopathic uh, approach of overcoming it. Because the only way we overcome medical tyranny is by return to very healthy modalities of nutrients, micronutrients, and a healthy lifestyle. That's going to be the prison escape for humanity if it doesn't get trapped by big pharma's plantational scam of what is called pharmacolonialism. Pharmacolonialism. That's what's happening right now. The other thing with my dear sister is she didn't think I was old as her, bless the Lord, but I am probably older. Uh, We've got kids about the same age as I shared with her. And, uh, Bless her heart. I want her to continue to run this race. I want her to continue to fight the good fight of faith. I want her to lay hold on eternal life. I want her to see blessings in her home. I want her to see deliverance for her son. All of her sons, they are um, an endangered species. Women are right now, but certainly the men have been endangered species. I teach very clearly that no man rises up to start a church. And it's called God's church. I've taught that for years. The notion that I'm going to just start a church, that's a man-made agenda. You've got to be actually called by God, and then you've got to be affirmed by men. That's the way God has always worked. He's always worked that way. So whenever we are doing some of this old school stuff, I'm going to start a church, it generally does not work out really well. It generally doesn't. There's a biblical fashion by which these things occur. That's why when men do rise up to try to take on God's task, the household is disrupted so badly. And our dear wives are often the uh, they often are the collateral damage. My dear sister did the right thing, raising her children in the fear and the nurture of the Lord, raising them uh, in a homeschooled setting. Many of us know that many of us did that. And God was good at at, at some point in the near future. That's going to be the only route to go. I'm going to tell all of you guys that now you're not going to be able to straddle the fence. I, I promise you no fence straddling will save our, the enemy's goal here in this apostate degenerated reprobate culture is to bust up the family. And once the family is busted up, bust the heads of men and women so that they no longer know their identity in God and in Christ. And when you don't have this kind of preaching and teaching constantly inculcated in the lives of, of men and women, they're confused. 
And this pressure with COVID over the last several years, we know suicide rate has gone up a thousand percent. This is not new. My sister has been under spiritual attack, as is the case for many of you, as is the case for the one talking to you. We've been under relentless spiritual attack over the last couple of years because we did not have the whole armor of God on when these things came. We did not have the helmet of salvation on. And so when we got hit, we were dizzied and put in a fog. And by the time we began to respond, we were already in tyrannical, medical tyrannical, pharma colonialism control. And they were just telling us what to do it was unscientific. And we were led like sheep to the slaughter. This is why China's fighting against it now. This is why India started fighting against it now. And people that don't want to wake up because they're still rooted in fear don't like what I'm saying, but I'm telling the truth. And you guys know I am. My email address for my sister is GBC Girl Boy Cat Hayward, GBC Hayward at gmail.com. I will send you over some stuff for you to see the history of how they have tinkered with African-Americans for the longest. And that poisoned our society, not only in terms of the medical industry, but across the economic, educational and every other way. And we have let them do it because as Christians, we have no excuse for not knowing the truth. Once you know the truth, you got to have the spirit of, 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 of fear of God to say no to any invasion that would tell you that they know better than God. This is what we just heard our brother say in the break. There are people telling you that the world's going to fall apart and that, that fossil fuels are going to end and that, that global warming is going to kill us. Your Bible didn't say any of that. Which narrative are you going to buy? That's the problem of where we are today. We are buying into the lie of the adversary. We need to be standing on the truth in the humility of love, but in the boldness that's in Christ as communities. And I pray that the church she goes to is telling the truth because otherwise she's on the broad road, even if it's 20 people. Just because your church is small doesn't mean that it's right. Just because your churches are large doesn't mean that it's right at all. God doesn't save by few or many. God saves by his grace. Through the person and work of Jesus Christ. The redemption that was accomplished on Calvary 2000 years ago. That merited the pouring out of the Holy Ghost back then. And he's still with us now able to save, sanctify, build up and make men and women who are bold enough to tell men and women the truth, even against the tide of culture. Preach the word in season and out of season for the time is coming when they will not endure sound doctrine, but heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they will turn away their ears from the truth and suck up fables and perish under the wrath of God. That's where we are today. So today you've heard the truth. And I hope that as many more that's going to be set free by hearing it. And those of you who are in ministry, please. Pray for Diana. Please pray for her because you can see you can see where she is. Got four boys out there, five and, 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 and some precious, precious little ones. Thank you, my brother. Some precious, precious grandchildren out there that need a praying grandmother, a healthy grandmother. May the Lord deliver you from every lie surrounding you and telling you you're on the brink of something other than God's goodness and mercy in your life. 
So I'll see a bunch of you guys tomorrow night in prayer. Somebody bring my sister up because I may forget 10 minutes after this program. We're going to keep her in prayer. Keep the rest of y'all in prayer too. Prayers was going to help us get out of this foolishness. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord give you his peace. Opinions expressed in the preceding program do not necessarily represent the views of the ownership, staff, or management of KFAX. Copyright Salem Communications, all rights reserved. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.